the Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. We have big activities coming up next Thursday uh, on the 30th of uh, March uh, is uh, a regional a contractor symposium that uh, my friend and the president of the Washington chapter of the National Association of Minority Contractors, Bob Armstead, and his compadre, uh, uh, those rays uh, from the Association of uh, Minority uh, Women and Minority-Owned Businesses, uh, co uh, the local co-hosts for this regional conference. And we also have with us the CL District Director of the Small Business Administration, Ms. Carrie Hurd. How are you doing? Great. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks for having me. Okay. And I also want to let you know that uh, Stephanie Ogle, who is my technology person, uh, uh, quickly got you up on Facebook. So you are on Facebook as well. So folks will know. Uh, after exactly uh, a couple of hours after this program, Eric in the studio works his magic, and this program will be available on Alexa and my podcast, and it'll be uh, archived on my website for the next year. So a little self-promo there for letting people know exactly uh, what they get for their buck when they uh, uh, invest in the community. So I'd like to have uh, Bob Armstead. We're going to be joined shortly by Frank Boykin, director of the a minority business development agency over in Tacoma. Uh, I had a bogus email address for him and didn't realize it. So now I know why I wasn't communicating. So Bob, why don't you set the table on what people can expect on March 30th? Uh, okay, Eddie, thank you. And thank you, Carrie, for being on with us. Uh, on March the 30th, uh, there will be uh, what we're calling a Contractors Day trade show and plenum. And the theme will be the Investment and Jobs Act. Uh, Eddie's uh, other guests for this time slot, uh, Carrie and Frank, uh, probably know more about it than I do. Uh, the uh, Investment and in Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act is a uh, act that was bilaterally uh, approved uh, by the Congress and signed by uh, President Biden, providing uh, $1.2 trillion worth of funding for infrastructure activities. Uh, roughly 6%, 60% uh, of the funding for that act will be for projects that are related to uh, the Department of Transportation. Uh, President Biden has uh, ordered that at least 15% of the funding of that act uh, be spent uh, with and in our communities. Uh, DOT has a uh, business development and business participation program, uh, the DBE program. But uh, I think President Biden and his staff at the White House, realizing the size and enormity of the funding for this act and the number of projects and contracts that would be available, uh, decided that they would have the Small Business Administration and the Department of Commerce's Minority Business Development Agency work with the Department of Transportation uh, to help ensure that there is participation by minority and woman-owned businesses up to and hopefully beyond the 15% that, uh, that he is requiring be done. Uh, 
Now, these MOUs, and it's my understanding that there are multiple MOUs, and Gary can correct me on this, uh, between DOT and uh, MBA and between DOT and MBDA and other MOUs between uh, those agencies. So the uh, emphasis and theme for the event on March the 30th uh, is the Infrastructure and Investment Act. Uh, the Department of Transportation uh, has been hosting symposiums around the country. Uh, so far, I think they have uh, held oh, four or five regional symposiums. There are several more to go. The next one will be the Contractors Day event on March the 30th. Uh, the purpose of DOT hosting and sponsoring these event is to provide information about the act, uh, what is in the act and the desire for the participation of our companies uh, in the expenditures of funding uh, provided uh, by the act. Uh, the agenda for March the 30th uh, includes presentations. Uh, one, uh, we invited uh, Secretary Budajic to be the luncheon speaker for our event. He, uh, in addition to that, uh, we invited the Undersecretary of Commerce who is in charge of the Minority Business Development Agency. And we also invited the, uh, the administrator for the Small Business Administration. Uh, as we get nearer to the date uh, for the event, uh, we are getting uh, firmer commitments as to who the uh, exact speakers uh, will be. Uh, included on the agenda are several of the modal units within the Department of Transportation, the Federal Highway Administration, the Federal Transit Administration, the Federal Aviation Administration, uh, MARAD, which is the Maroon, Marine uh, Division uh, within the uh, Department of Transportation, and the uh, the Office of Civil Rights of the uh, Secretary of Transportation. Uh, we have gotten confirmations of, of their participation. So we're looking forward to having an event where uh, there will be an overview of the Infrastructure Act, uh, a statement regarding uh, the participation levels that are being uh, asked for and required uh, in terms of the expenditure of funding uh, under the Act. And then uh, there will be uh, a section in time where the uh, Office of Small and Minority Business Development within the Department of Transportation 
uh, will present information on them on them their selves and their activities. Uh, the Small Business Administration uh, will have an opportunity to present uh, the same type of information as will the Minority Business Development Agency. Uh, after that, uh, we have invited those modal uh, agencies within the Department of Transportation where the majority of the, uh, the funding and contracting activity will take place. Bob, uh, I just want to ask you, uh, what kind of support uh, are you getting, you and Irene Reyes from the Association of Women and Minority-Owned Businesses getting uh, from the various sectors? We are getting support uh, because of, of federal restrictions on providing uh, luncheons and other things at uh, meetings and events uh, where the Department of Transportation and other federal departments participate. Uh, they are not allowed to provide the funding for that. So as part of our sponsorship uh, requirement, we have to uh, pay for the facility, uh, for the, uh, the meals and other things that uh, will be available at the event. Uh, we have uh, received to this date uh, sponsorship from several agencies, within the state uh, from several uh, prime contractors uh, that are members of our organizations, as well as other contractors that actively participate in the construction alteration and maintenance of facilities for the uh, Department of Transportation. And I want to welcome uh, Ms. Uh, Carrie Hurd, the regional, I mean, the, not, not regional director yet, but the Seattle District Director for the United States Small Business Administration. And as Bob indicated, uh, there will be a partnership between uh, the Minority Business Development Agency, uh, Department of Transportation, and uh, the, Small Business, uh, the, the Small Business Administration. And we're sorry, we will we'll eventually get Mike Fong on, on. He has been on the NAMC's uh, uh membership meeting, making presentations. So, uh, uh, Carrie, I guess I'd like to hear from you. What role, uh, as far as your understanding goes, will SBA be playing in this whole endeavor? Well, thanks, Eddie. And thanks, Bob, for letting me come and join you today on today's show. Um, and if you're a, sitting out there listening and you're a sponsor of this Contractors Day, thank you for sponsoring and putting up some money to help make this accessible for our small businesses. Um, strengthening our federal supply chain and the diversity of that supply chain is very important to SBA. And it's events like this Contractors Day that really do help us reach out into the community and support them. If you're a small business out there, I really want you to come by the SBA booth. Um, we have several organizations that are having big events in our ecosystem on March 30th. And this one we've dedicated 30% of our staff to because of the importance of it. So make sure you come by SBA. We can talk about some of the latest with the women's own small business certifications that's changed up the last couple of years and we do that at SBA now at no cost. However, we don't discourage anybody from getting the paid certifications because there's also some value and some technical assistance that comes along with that. 
Um, if you're a veteran, we have changed and transitioned the veteran certification over from the Veterans Affairs to SBA in, in an effort to streamline these certifications and help make it easier for our, our customers to reach us, right? Um, so, and I don't, I don't know if headquarters would like me to tell you this, but I heard it takes less than 19 days for a fully complete application to be reviewed. So that is lightning speed in government time, right? You can say so that again. We're going to be there. We'll be ready. <laughs> so we'll be there ready to talk to you about that. And then, you know, I believe that both Eddie and, and Bob have been in our 8A certification program, which is a social and economically disadvantaged program, which I'm going to tell you is super powerful. And if you're potentially eligible for this program and you can do some of the work that the federal government or state governments need, um, I would encourage you to come and explore that program with us as well. We've uh, made some enhancements and I believe it is the one program where you get a dedicated SBA employee that is like your friend, your associate. You get to call them, they will answer the phone and they're with you. It's, it's such a great program, I just love it. And so we're gonna be there to talk about that as well. I also know that it doesn't really matter if you get all these great contracts and you don't have the working capital to do the work. So we're bringing one of our financing specialists, Janie Sacco, to come and talk to you about how to get financing to help support the contract work that you might be getting. So our intent is to highlight the very powerful programs that SBA has and then also connect you to the additional technical resource partners that we have. And Frank Boykin at the Minority Business Development Agency is just one of many, um, but we're glad to have Frank on the team because Frank is also working with us to work on an interagency working group to help understand where the infrastructure dollars are going, but also, Setting aside those infrastructure dollars, where are just our federal and state and local uh, taxes going to finance our local projects, right? We want to make sure that whether it's a state contract, a county contract, that those vendors of the smallest contractors still get access to do that. So we are working with the Office of Minority and Women Business Enterprises, um, who is responsible for the um, Disadvantaged Business Enterprise Certification, which is the Department of Transportation Certification. Um, we're working with them. We're working with like the, the quasi agencies, such as the ports, the um, Department of Transportation's Washington Department of Commerce is a big player. We have the Small Business Development Centers engaged. Our intent is to bring all of us together so that we can really like look at the opportunities, look at the barriers, see if there's some streamlining. Is there a way to do a, a compact arrangement where if you're certified in this program, it's minimal documentation to get certified in this other program? Um, we're really working collaboratively to try to make these programs easier so that the small business owner can spend less time on the administrative part 
of the certifications and actually get to the bidding and the revenue generating parts of the certifications. So that's that's great. I understand that Frank Boykin has joined us by phone from the Minority Business Development Agency. Frank, are you on the line? I am, Mr. Rye. How are you, sir? Okay, Bob Armstead and Carrie Hurd from SBA has just been praising you, but you put a, put a few accolades on you. So you got high expectations now, brother. So go right ahead and tell us about uh, what MBDA is going to be doing about making sure this 15% goal is met uh, with the $1.75 trillion Infrastructure and Jobs Act. Well, thank you again so much for the opportunity to, to share and speak on not just that subject, but to represent MBDA, specifically MBDA in Washington State, as we span the state and we're invested in not just the things that ensure that minority businesses, enterprises, and minority-owned firms continue to grow, but specifically, we're also invested in the topics of the day, things that really move the needle and where the rubber meets the road. And today, having the opportunity to be uh, on the show to share really the concerns that have never been small around black contracting and the impact here in Washington State and those that can help change those numbers. We're looking for them to do just that. And MBDA in Washington State wants to make sure that we're advocating for that at all times. And most importantly, we're advocating for that right now. And you talked specifically about uh, a modicum of goals affiliated with a specific project that is uh, certainly impactful, near and dear to our hearts. At the same time, I believe we've got an opportunity in contract day on 330 of this um, calendar year to ensure that we are galvanizing and putting the right message in front of the folks that really need to see those types of impacts as well. So our accountability simply is this. It really doesn't matter who we're partnered with. What absolutely matters is right now, whoever our partners are, they can change the conditions for black contractors in Washington state in terms of how they're enriched and how we make sure that the process is far more equitable that can change literally overnight. It's a matter of behavior changing. It's a matter of mindset changing. We are already equipped well to do it. So as it becomes, in my view, first simply an acknowledgement of what we are willing to change and then the expectation of it being just as straightforward in our hands, clearly what we cannot do alone, we can do together with the partners who claim that they want to see an increase in minority business enterprises, as well as an increase in the right minority businesses in Washington State, it can literally change overnight. So the first accountability is to call that out. If you are our partners, be our partners. And if you have prevalent scenarios where we've got actual agreements that says that where there are monies available, and the expectation is to move those monies through contractors that are black and minority. Particularly, let's make sure we're changing that process by intent. MBDA wants to lead in that regard, as well as be a voice of an ally for those who recognize those concerns and recognize a way forward is well within our capacity here in Washington State. Thank you very much, MBDA Director Frank Boykin, Jr. We appreciate that. So people, uh, well, you're already well known in the Pierce County, but I guess it'll be just a matter of time before it's over the whole state. 
So, um, Bob, let's go to the specifics of the March 30th event because we got about four minutes left. I want to make sure that all the folks, and like I said, this program can be heard. Uh, a lot of more people listen to it on uh, Alexa, my podcast, really, and the uh, Facebook page. But it, anyway, this still just works. But what are the specifics and what do people have to do to participate who are interested in, in uh, getting going into business or increasing their share of the market? First, the event is the uh, Contractors Day, uh, and the theme of it is the uh, Infrastructure Investment Act. Uh, the purpose of the event is to provide information uh, to our communities and our companies regarding uh, the Infrastructure Act, what it is, how it's going to work, uh, the people that are going to be involved with it. Uh, to let them know that the White House has determined that agencies and departments like the Department of Transportation will need assistance in assuring that there is an equitable distribution of, of funding and contracts under the Act and that there is in existence MOUs between SBA and MBDA to work with the Department of Transportation to ensure that that happens. Uh, the event is March the 30th. It will be held at the Seattle Marriott Hotel. Uh, registration starts at 7.15 in the morning. Is that SeaTac or Seattle? SeaTac. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry, SeaTac. And uh, registration for the event starts at 7.15 in the morning. Uh, there is a trade show, and as Carrie stated earlier, there will be booths and tables with information uh, for our contractors, uh, be booths such as the ones from, from SBA, from the Department of Enterprise Services at uh, Washington State, uh, other organizations. There will also be booths and tables from prime contractors. Uh, looking to work with uh, our businesses on some of the contracts that will result uh, from this project. Uh, information uh, to uh, get the site to get information as to uh, how to register for this event is at AWMB wa.org or namcwa.com. Uh, the event is posted on both of those places with specific information about how to register and what the agenda for the day is. Okay, I just want to make sure that uh, Miss Carrie Hearn and, uh, and Frank Boykin Jr. know that if any issue comes up that it has an impact or can help our community, uh, this is a platform that you can certainly use. And uh, uh, I guess uh, with, the, with the small business and minority business community, I guess we're just about the same. But the numbers say that there are some drastic differences in some locations, but it's good to hear about the partnerships that's being formed right here. And I look forward to being there. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm going to record my program next Wednesday so I can be there all day Thursday witnessing firsthand progress is being made that we've been waiting for for a very long time. 
So uh, uh, President Bob Armstead, Seattle District Director of SBA, uh, Carrie Hurd, and MBD Director out of Washington State, that is, Frank Boykin Jr., I want to thank all of you for your time today. Remember what I said, if you have something to say that's going to help uplift our small business and our minority businesses, please let me know so we can get you back on here. Make it hear it from the experts and the people who are making the decisions. So thank you very much. So Eric, we'll take this break now. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out ORCA Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. All right, Eric, thanks for the sounds. want to let everybody know that uh, we want to thank uh, Sound Transit's, uh, the Office of Civil Rights, uh, Equity and Inclusion, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office with me and Rice, Josie Regan, and, and uh, 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 Lawrence Coleman, and also the City of Seattle Purchasing and Construction Services Department. So uh, I guess we're waiting on Miss Linda Thompson Black, uh, who is a Pacific Northwest uh, Pacific Northwest Development Director for the United Negro College Fund. I might have to give her a buzz, but in the meantime, I have my main man Bob uh, still on the line uh, with us as well. So, uh, Bob, so far, what does it look like in terms of participation from NAMC and uh, other individuals who? aspire to get their share of their piece of the pie well it, it as as you know unfortunately uh our members and ombuds members and just members from our community in general are extremely underrepresented in terms of their uh, ability and actually a their participation in the contracting efforts, uh, in projects uh, throughout the state, whether those be uh, federally or state or locally funded. So we are are hoping as uh, the SBA district director stated that through this program, we'll have an opportunity to make uh, real and substantial changes to that that there is so much opportunity out there 
that uh, we are hoping that unlike in uh, past instances that contractors be brought into our area to do work, uh, but our firms that have been here for, for decades uh, not be allowed to participate. Uh, we have numbers that are just unheard of. Uh, I mean, we can go back it to, to our uh, days where uh, the numbers are 10 times what they are now. And uh, so every effort has to be made to correct the harm that has been done over the last 23 years to our communities and our firms uh, based on the misinterpretation of uh, an initiative, uh, so-called an anti-affirmative action initiative. And the sad thing is, is that uh, then governor issued uh, Governor's Directive 98-01 that went to all institutions of higher learning and everywhere else uh, about, uh, you know, no affirmative action. It was, that directive was just rescinded last year, uh, January of 2022. Uh, I don't know if you've heard how well things happened last year, but the last numbers from the Austin Minority Women Business Enterprise did not reflect very well. The information from the, uh, our state's procurement agency uh, Department of Enterprise Services, uh, they had like a gloomy outlook too in terms of uh, involving the inclusion of not only African-Americans, but uh, most people of color and including women were kind of left out. So I'm just kind of surprised that there hasn't been more of an uproar from other, but you know, then once again, a lot of other minority folks have access to offshore capital. So uh, that's one thing that African descent of the United States enslaved don't have. We've been here 400 years, and now you're finally hearing some talk about reparations. But I think reparations, you got to start with what's happening right now and be fair about the distribution of, of opportunities right now and while we discuss reparations. So that's why I've uh, been trying to get members of the Congressional Black Caucus to have a uh, federal designation for African descendants of the United States enslaved. And at one point in time, people were saying, well, how do we know? Well, 23 and me know. So, you know, that's not an excuse any longer. We gotta, we gotta deal with reality. And the reality is that we do know who we are. We know a whole bunch of, of black folks got old Bibles with people's birthdays and, and when they bought the property and when they got ran off the property. Cause we also have to include land in this equation. Cause if you think about it, uh, all of the times that something happened, there was an uproar and a black uh, community was burned down. They always took the land. So, uh, Reparations got to be more than just a check. It also has to be land. So uh, uh, I, I don't know, you know, how we would go about doing that, but that got to be on. We saw what happened in Los Angeles, Manhattan Beach. You know that that black family owned that property. It ran off, but uh, the folks in Los Angeles were a bit more progressive than around the country, and they made a deal with them. At least I think the folks walked away with ten million dollars, and I'm sure the property was worth probably fifty to hundred million all those mansions on that beachfront. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, we got, we have work to do. And it's really good to hear uh, Frank Boykin. He is well known in uh, the, the area. Uh, he's been doing uh, outstanding work. Uh, one of the leaders of, of uh, Tacoma Pierce County Black Elected. And uh, Miss uh, Carrie Hurd, it was very enlightening to hear her and the commitment 
that she has. And if I think if everybody adopted Carrie Hearn's commitment, we might do a fair a little better than we've done in the past. So I'm, I'm hoping that that'd be the case. Yeah, yeah. It, it was encouraging uh, to hear her uh, encourage others to support the event in terms of the, the sponsorship, as well as uh, attending and participating. Uh, these events, are, are, are necessary. They're being uh, uh, provided in each of the regions around the country. Uh, uh, are, they are being supported uh, financially through organizations that have resources that are uh, greatly uh, superior to those that we have, but uh, we will make it work. Uh, as uh, the district director uh, stated, I am encouraging all of the, uh, the agencies in the state, uh, as well as the prime contractors and others that greatly benefit from these mega billion dollars worth of public work uh, ventures that are happening in the state. And it's also important to know and understand that it is anticipated that maybe 60% of the Infrastructure Act will be for transportation-related projects. Mm. But as you stated earlier about education and health, the facilities and all of the infrastructure uh, related to them will also be a part of it. Yeah, well, so, Linda Thompson Black, uh, Bob, has joined us now. The Pacific Northwest Development Director, we had Negro College Fund, they have a gala coming up on Saturday evening. So Linda, I'm glad you're able to get on. Why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about what UNCF is doing and then talk a little bit about uh, the Saturday night event. Okay, sounds great. So we are, it, it is just a delight to be on with you, Eddie. And um, I wanna first uh, thank you for this opportunity and tell you about what we've been doing. We have a signature program, it's called the Portfolio Program, and we help uh, students of color assemble everything they need to prepare them to go to college. And it's a 13-week program, so we're assisting them with their essay writing, um, filling out financial aid forms, scholarship writing, their brag sheets, their transcripts, everything they need. And at the end of the program, they do a presentation and they have transformed. They're clear on their goals. They know how to do it. They have a mentor. Uh, and we also have a scholarship component. Then th we're just getting ready to uh, take kids. We're taking 45 students on an HBCU college tour. It's preceded about by uh, six workshops that they're engaged in where they're clarifying, you know, what are they interested in doing? Um, connecting career with uh, college and uh, establishing their vision for themselves. So we'll be leaving on April 8th uh, to go to uh, Atlanta. We're gonna to go to Atlanta schools, just going to one state this year uh, due to COVID. And we're looking forward, to, this is in um, partnership with Alaska Airlines. And so uh, we'll be going on the Alaska Airlines commitment camp, uh, uh, plane. Uh, this is a beautiful plane that has uh, 
quotes from Nelson Mandela. It has UNCF on the engine and the beautiful faces of Alaska Airlines students. Uh, and they did this in collaboration with the Alaska Black Employees Association. Uh, and then finally, we are going to partner with the Urban League this summer, and we have a um, job training program for high school students. So our um, portfolio project scholars will be participating in that, and they will be getting paid internships. So we have a year-round program for our local Pacific Northwest students in preparing them to go to college. and. We advocate for our HBCUs, our historically black colleges and universities that, you know, young people that when we weren't allowed to go to predominantly white institutions, they served us. They have gotten better and better. They just get better every year. They're wonderful um, institutions for students of color, particularly first generation, but all students. And but we want them to go to any college of their choice. So. Um, we uh, have our gala each year, and it's on March 25th. Did you want me to keep, did you have some questions? And, and we're excited. No, no, go right ahead. Out. Go right ahead. <laughs> you have the information that people need to hear from the people with the information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have a lot going on. You know, I consider our gala, it's, it, yes, it's a fundraiser, but it's an opportunity to create awareness about historically black colleges and universities. It's an opportunity for diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, so that you can bring teams of people from uh, corporations uh, to this most important event about creating educational opportunity for all. Uh, we're super excited to engage, uh, engage our community to create this evening of fun and uh, to rededicate ourselves to educating uh, our students. Where's the gala going to be held, uh, Director Thompson-Mike? It's at the Hyatt Regency downtown on Howell. The doors open at 6, and we, we're, we're there 6 until. All right. Well, I'm going to be at... Uh... Danella, we're going to be at Danella Godot's table. <laughs> so well, I, I'm already fun. hooked it's up. It's not fun without you. So I, I, I'm expecting you, and uh, I'm so happy you're at Danella's table. Yep. So uh, you had mentioned uh, earlier, Lee, give our listeners the contact information for the organization and also uh, just quickly what kind of assistance can they get from UNCF? Well, uh I think uh, our portfolio project is a huge contribution that we make to the community. So you can um, uh, reach us at uh, www.uncf.org slash Seattle. Um, and we would love for you to, we serve 11th and 12th graders. So that's something very important that we do. We're also working with cor corporations um, to to support this work. And so if you work uh, at one of our important corporations in this area, we'd love for you to introduce us to UNCF and okay. to, um, to introduce UNCF to your company and so that we can expand opportunities for kids. You know, uh, college is so uh, unaffordable these days. and. There are many students who cannot, you know, afford to go, 
And we spend a lot of our time uh, working to provide those resources. Well, Linda, I want to thank you very much for all the work you're doing. And I would encourage people that can't make it to the gala to make a tax-deductible contribution to UNCF slash Seattle to make sure it goes to the right pocket. So thank you very much, uh, Linda, and I will see you on Saturday evening. I'll see you Saturday evening. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Uh, My next guest is uh, Lewis Harris, and he is one of the coordinators for the Snohomish County NAACP Freedom Fund Lift the Bar Gala that will be held on Saturday as well at the Angela Wins uh, Casino in uh, the Hanson Conference Center. So, uh, Mr. Lewis Harris, thank you very much for taking time out to join us today. Uh, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself, a little bit about the Snohomish County NAACP. We are familiar with Dr. Janice Green. Uh, over the years, we've been working with her. So uh, I would just say, why don't you go ahead, go right ahead? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you, Mr. Rai, for uh, your legacy and your work here in the community and uh, for reaching out to feature our event and the NAACP of Snohomish County. Uh, my name is Lewis Harris. I am currently in the role of operational efficiency consultant with the NAACP of Snohomish County. Um, it is the Snohomish County branch of a national organization. So if you don't know, you should you should find out. Um, the National uh, Association for the Advancement of Colored People. We are the only organization in Snohomish County that responds to issues of racism and works to counteract the historical um, uh, detriment that racism has had on all communities of color, um, but particularly African-Americans. We have several different programs ranging from our youth development program in partnership with the Everett Community College um, to our um, academic and um, business enrichment programs in partnership with with uh, Northwest Impact, uh, Business Impact, and then also iUrban Team. We we just have a lot of different programs we we have to support the community and to address racism. And uh, now, uh, give us an idea. What is the African American population of Snohomish County? So, um, the African American population—I don't have the exact number—but we're right around three percent of the population. Um, and despite that reality, um, if you look at the entire county, uh, we do have uh, pockets of our community within the school systems and throughout the the, the county. Um, And the reason why, um, even with only 3% of the population, um, the NAACP exists is because racism still exists. Mm -hmm. And um, we, there needs to be a a advocacy organization there to be able to hold institutions accountable and to um, hold uh, police accountable and to um, address racism that happens to, you know, folks across the board in Snohomish County. And uh, what about uh, the, the Black community police relations up in, in Snohomish County? I mean, we've seen a lot of turmoil, but they pri- primarily involve other folks other than Blacks. So I was just curious about that. Uh, you, so th- just to clarify, you're asking about the police relationships between yeah. communities the, of color? Yeah, with the Black community specifically. Oh, with the Black community. So that's a great question. Um we kind of have to go back a little bit in time on that one. Um, we've been in existence since 2007, the NAACP of Snohomish County. Um, and obviously, you know, um, the the heightening of uh, police accountability uh, to address police brutality really started um, in the most recent iteration around um, when Mike Brown was killed. 
right? Um, and that when when Mike Brown was killed, we held a rally against hate um, and started a community wide campaign to uh, bring uh, different stakeholders together to identify the issues in our community um, and to begin to address them. Um, the work that that created was my my personal involvement as well as the NAACP's involvement in several uh, community advisory boards with police uh, departments. Uh, myself and uh, others have been appointed to chief advisory boards, which were um, kind of progressive outcomes from the call for police accountability. Um, and uh, myself, uh, personally, I'm, uh, I'm also a part of the Snohomish County multi-agency response team, which was, uh, if you recall, I-940 called for uh, citizen um, boards to address police use of force cases. And so um, myself and several other members of the NAACP have been at the forefront advocating for accountability and ensuring that you know uh, black folks and people of color are uh, being being treated fairly and respectfully and uh, equally under the eyes of the law. And you know I want to give uh, uh, Cynthia Andrews. She is a Freedom Fund Gala chair, right, chairperson? That she is. Yes, I want to give her a shout out because I know it's a lot of work that goes into that, and I'm glad to have the commitment. Now you know. Uh, Snohomish County is kind of unique because you have a legislative district with three black, uh, two black representatives and a black uh, African-American senator. So uh, that's very unique in itself. What kind of work are they doing with the, the members of the NAACP? Well, you know, it's it's interesting you mentioned that we've uh, we are always as an organization, the NAACP does not endorse or support candidates. Um, we do often advocate for uh, rule change and policy change to address issues within our community and in our institutions. So, um, so we don't have that direct connection between their candidacy um, mm -hmm. and our organization. Just um, the issues, but, right? <laughs> yeah, just the issues. That's exactly right. But um, we do have a strong relationship because the NAACP is made up of individuals who are, uh, you know, leaders in their own right, that uh, we just have a, we have a good bond and we have a, a, a fairly singular focus here in Snohomish County around how uh, we can, um, you know, address the disparities in our community. And that includes um, involving and having strong relationships with our legislators, despite, no. regardless of their um, race or color, but we are very proud of our 44th legislative district delegation that is all black. Yeah. Now, before we have to, I just wanted you to give the information once again, if people can't make it to the gala to support the Freedom Fund, how can they support the Somish County NAACP? Yes, that's a great question. I, I want to give like a whole shout out for the Freedom Fund Gala because it's been a real labor of love. Uh, for those who don't know, the NAACP Freedom Fund Gala is our only yearly fundraising event. Um, we had it last year um, uh, after the COVID hiatus. This year, we are raising the bar, which is our theme. Um, and in so doing, we are hoping to have, we're, at, we're scheduled to have about 270 people there, um, which is uh, great considering the United uh, Negro uh, Fund Gala is also happening uh, on Saturday but we were able to get support from uh, some really big players in uh, Snohomish County, including our platinum sponsor, the YMCA of Snohomish County, 
the Community Foundation of Snohomish County, the Boeing Company, and Enatai Foundation, as well as several others. Um, the Freedom Fund Gala is also a community award event. We have 10 awardees who have dedicated their life to uh, raising the bar for the community in Snohomish County, and we're really excited to be able to uh, feature them uh, at the event. Um, but we're, it is a fundraiser, and so um, the best way to support us um, in all the work that we do is to go to our website. Our website is www.naacp dash snoco.org so that's n-a-a-c-p hyphen snoco.org um, and you can just peruse around on our website see the different programs that we have um including i'll put that i'll put that under your under your uh, uh, pick on on facebook as well and Excellent. lewis Harris, thank you very much for the work you're doing up there well I say i give uh, cynthia andrews a shout out for me so we got to take a break and then if you guys do something i want to this is a platform you can use in the future so I want you to know that. So thank you for all the work you're doing. So Ray, we're going to take this break and come right back so uh, Mr. Bob Armstead can wind us up. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for Sound Transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. All right. Thank you for the tune, Derek. We appreciate it. Uh, so, uh, Bob, we have about uh, a few minutes left. So I wanted you to give the folks uh, the, the information about how they can get engaged. Uh, that's another thing I'm going to ask you, too. Is this event on March 30th? The regional uh, Department of Transportation, I mean the USDOT's uh, contractors symposium that NAMC and uh, the Association of Women and Minority-Owned Businesses is co-sponsoring. Is, is this going to be anything virtual happening where people can still check out some of the activities? Uh, no, Eddie. This is in fact a uh, in-person event. Okay. Face to face. Because you can't, you can't, you can't sign a contract on Zoom. Uh, That's right. <laughs> you know, well, I can't wait for them to start having uh, equity conferences where they come with contracts. <laughs> to me, that's real equity. Uh, that And that's how you solve the problem, real time. Yeah. So once again, you're going to be at the SeaTac Marriott Thursday, March 30th. And I'm going to arrange with Eric so I can be there too on Thursday because uh, it's going to be a very important event. This is a kickoff uh, 
what President Joseph Biden has said that it was going to be a 10% goal on the Infrastructure and Job Act money, but he raised it to 15%. And uh, that 15% can uh, change a lot of people's lives uh, who have been left out. So uh, what kind of faith do you have in enforcement of, uh, of, of this uh, uh, act? Uh, and, and, and that's part of the, the structure of the day, having the uh, U.S. Department of Transportation, which will have the uh, majority of the funding and the opportunities there, having their motor units, the Federal Highway Administration, Federal Transit Authority, FAA and uh, Marriott there. They are responsible for uh, putting out these funds to do projects in Washington state and the other uh, three states that are part of this region. They have responsibilities in terms of uh, ensuring that the commitments that they made in order to receive the funding is carried out. Uh, we are fortunate this time around to have the MOUs with SBA and MBDA to assist them uh, in planning and overseeing an equitable distribution of funding and contracts uh, under this act. Uh, we are encouraging all agencies and contractors who will be benefiting from the funding from this act, either through projects or contracts uh, to come out, to actually hear from USDOT uh, what their interpretation of the act is, what their expectation is of those that will be receiving funding under the act. Okay, well, Bob, you're doing a good job. March 30th, SeaTac Marriott, and information is available on the NAMC WA, NAMCWA dot, there's a dot com? Dot com, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, thanks very much. Uh, and I will see you Thursday because I'm going to be there. So let me give a shout out. First of all, I want to thank a guy by the name of Zach at the Infinity Store out at off Strander Street for helping a brother out last week. And I uh, want to thank uh, uh, the Sound Transit's uh, Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, uh, the City of Seattle's uh, Purchasing and Construction Services Department. And uh, like I said, I plan on being at this event next week. I want to thank Frank Boykin, uh, Linda Thompson-Black, United Negro College Fund. Don't forget their gala is on Saturday evening as well with the Stormish County NAACP's Raise the Bar. That will be on Saturday as well at the Angel of Winds, Angel of Winds uh, Casino in uh, Mr. Canson uh, Conference. So uh, Eddie Ryan with another edition of Urban Forum Northwest. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Bob Armstead. And we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>